Welcome to The Friday Habit with Mark Labriola and Benjamin Manley. The Friday Habit is for small business owners, freelancers, and creatives who are ready to take their business to the next level. Join us as we discover how to apply the strategies we learn to grow our businesses, make more money, and live every day like it's Friday. And welcome to The Friday Habit. Ben, how are you doing? Man, I'm doing good. Um, you know, honestly, I would look forward to this every week, getting a chat with you, hang out, catch up a few minutes before the podcast. And hey, by the way, when are we going to start releasing the pre, uh, you know, the pre, <laughs> the pre-recording recordings? I don't know if we should. I'm not sure. <laughs> yeah. I'm not sure. I, I don't know. I think that's the Saturday habit, <laughs> or, <laughs> or Friday after work. <laughs> yeah. The uh, what was it? Yeah, Friday after hours. You know, Friday yeah, yeah. after five. That's yeah, still on. Um, that's maybe that's a 2023 thing. So yeah, or I think we should start something. Doing we'll that. do. You know. Yeah. Exactly. Coming up here. Well, hey, I'm excited for today's episode because we have Dr. Thomas Epperson with us today. Uh, He is the president of Innerwill Leadership Institute, a 501c3 nonprofit that teaches leaders how to ignite human potential. With a doctorate in leadership from the George Washington University and over 20 years of experience as a leadership coach, facilitator, and speaker, he has helped more than 300 organizations transform their leadership and their results. Tom, welcome welcome to the Friday Habit. (laughs) <laughs> Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. And I'm all in on the blooper reel. So like whatever outtakes we have, if <laughs> okay. you want to do the Saturday show or Friday after dark, like I'm down. So. Cool. Yeah. And we'll try to edit this to take anything you say, like very out of context for all the social <laughs> media right. highlights. Yeah. You know? That'd be fantastic. I'm sure that'd be really good for our business. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> hey, I got a question. Would you rather live in New York or L.A.? Oh, it's a great question. If I was going to pick L.A.'s weather... Yeah. And LA is kind of nice and spread out, so you don't feel sort of claustrophobic. Yeah. If you're in the city itself in New York, it's a little bit tight, so I probably had to pick LA. Although all my New York clients are probably booing me. Over the, <laughs> Boo. <they're> yeah. <laughs> I know. You know, it just depends because, you know, I had some family that lived in uh, Los Angeles, and man, the amount of traffic. The, the thing I love about New York is that you can kind of walk everywhere. It's like you can mm-hmm. take a train or just walk and you can kind of get to great food and entertainment and all these other kind of things. So I'm kind of torn because I feel like um, New York definitely would be more of a like commuter type state where you can easily get around and do a lot of stuff. But in the same way, I've, I've spent three or four days there in a row and you start to feel like that concrete jungle claustrophobia, mm-hmm. you know, like I just need yeah. some fresh air. Uh, I'm in Colorado. Where are you at? So today I'm in Richmond, Virginia. Where what? I'm you could have um, come to Ben's office and recorded. Yeah, we're <laughs> He's in Lynchburg. We're, I'm, I'm about an hour, a little over an hour away. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. We could totally have gotten there. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> a little bit weird to have us both on camera like side <laughs> yeah, by side. Yeah, yeah, side by side. That might have been a little close. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Well, Thomas, I want to talk to you about leadership, obviously. Um, That's one of your expertise and you have a doctorate in it. So I'd be curious just to kind of hear about your journey of, you know, why you decided to kind of go all in on leadership and kind of what brought you to that point. Yeah, so probably what brought me most is uh, just the organization that I work for. Um, So Interwell 
is a 501c3 nonprofit started by a 100-year-old family company called Luck Companies. Basically, the parent companies in the stone business. So basically, we take big rocks, we make them smaller, we dig big holes in the ground. And uh, a little over 20 years ago, the company had gotten really dysfunctional and gotten really toxic and had really grappled with sort of its soul. Like, who was it? And uh, we tried all this different stuff. And then finally, uh, one of our partners said, hey, there's this there's this uh, company down in Texas doing this thing called values-based leadership. You should go check it out. So we bring one of their executives in and, you know, this guy's pure Texas, like the big shiny belt buckle and the pointy boots, you know, all hat, no cattle. Mm-hmm. And he comes into our executive team and, you know, there's 12 folks sitting around a table and they can't stand each other because they'd been fighting for five straight years over resources and people, and customers and you name it. Mm. And so he basically says, all right, I want you to write down everything that's wrong with this company. So it gives them a few minutes and, you know, they were, you know, had lots to say. So they write down all this stuff and pauses them and he pulls 20 bucks out of his pocket and he says, all right, 20 bucks to anybody who wrote me at the top of their list. Oh, (laughs) so not only did they hate one another, they now hated this guy from Texas. Um, He was literally the first person who ever held up a mirror and said, if you want to make any kind of change in this organization, it starts with you. Um, And at the time I was in the company and, um, you know, I thought it was going to be a two year gig and things had gotten toxic and I was basically on, you know, one foot out the door and brushing up your resume. Oh yeah. (laughs) Applying for stuff, looking for my next thing. And, um, you know, that was really the beginning of us getting serious about leadership and culture. And uh, so I got involved in doing that work and helping to try and transform the organization. And, you know, for three straight years, we had this great run where things got better. You know, financially, things got stronger, but our customers were happier. The climate was better. Teams got along better. Work was getting done more effectively. And then something surprising happened. People started taking it home with them. You know, so they started, you know, trying some things out with their families. Um, so for me, um, you know, I'm in the middle of this work and I'm trying to work on myself intensely. I'm trying to raise my leadership game. And, you know, I was a new dad, you know, with a six week old mm. and it's a Sunday morning and I'm feeding the baby. You know, my wife comes walking down the steps and she's got a big personality and I've got a big personality and she freezes and I freeze and she's like, don't do it that way. And I stop. And historically, what I would have done was like, all right, let's throw down, you know, <laughs> right, drop exactly. the baby when going at it, you know, <laughs> yeah. in loud voices. But in that moment, I'm like, what if I use some of this leadership jujitsu that I've learned at work, mm. you know, and I'm holding the baby and I'm like, in, in all authenticity as just as real and vulnerable as I could, you know, honey, when you yell at me like that, it makes me feel stupid. <laughs> I want to feel stupid. I want to fight. Mm. And I don't want to fight. I'm trying to be a great husband and a great dad. And I just, I don't know how to get there. And she bursts into tears and is like, you're a good husband and a dad. And I'm so tired. And I haven't showered in six weeks. <laughs> you know, that that moment was really the the difference in us staying married or not. Uh-huh. Like, and I credit it to this day. We've been married for 20-some years. Um, really was a turning point for us. Hmm. So, wow. so for me, leadership saved me, saved my marriage, helped me be a much better human being hmm. by like leaps and bounds. If you had met me 20 years ago, you'd be like, you're a terrible person. Thank you. <laughs> um, 
and so I've sort of dedicated my life to, to developing leaders. Um, and, and how I got into into sort of doing this more professionally and getting a doctorate and all that stuff is, you know, years go by and the company goes through a crisis in uh, 2008. So it's a construction company. Basically, 60% of the business evaporates in like six months. We have to cut the company in half. Um, and at the same time, we're family held. So our owner, Charlie, gets sick. And basically, he's in bed for 10 straight months, 22 hours out of a 24-hour day, asks all those really big questions like, you know, what does this mean? Why am I here? What's going to happen if I get through this? You know, uh, and so we stabilized the company in about 2009. Charlie get, comes back to work finally and announces that the company's got to stand for more than just making money. we got to go out and make a positive difference in the world. I don't know how we're going to do that. Go figure it out. And so the one thing that we were good at, other than taking big rocks and making them smaller, was this uh, this values and culture stuff. So we said, why don't we do that? And he's like, great, go do that. Uh, and that led to us, first of all, giving it all away. And then we decided to start a little business around it. And then that business turned into a nonprofit, and that's Interwill. Um, and at the time, when in the very beginning of us uh, embarking on this mission of developing braver leaders and better people, uh, my boss turned to me and said, well, one of us has to be a leadership expert and it's going to be you. <laughs> and so that's how I ended up getting a doctorate. Wow. <laughs> that's a very long story to a very short question. No, that's, that's, that's really interesting. Yeah. yeah, that's very interesting. And you you mentioned something that you, you said the word uh, was a value-based leadership, mm-hmm. which I'd like to know more about that because, you know, we talk a lot about value-based pricing, um, you know, a lot of agencies and um, creatives and, uh, you know, small businesses, they try to figure out how they can make more money without having to for increase sure. their hourly rate. Because if you just charge for an hourly rate, there's a maximum that you can make. But if you start charging based off of the value that you provide, it's almost unlimited about how, how you know, how much money that you can charge and make. And so I'm curious what the, the, what is value-based leadership and is it anything similar to that? <laughs> Yeah, so the uh, so the, I think there's an episode of the Friday Habit that's specifically about yes. not charging for your time. That's Something right. about value based. Yes, we're, we're all about um, it. <laughs> so different animal. Okay. Um, so when we talk about values based leadership, it's all about uh, making decisions, making choices that line up with your personal core values. Hmm. And values based organizations, which is all about using a set of organizational values, cultural values to guide your strategy, to guide your organization and the business that you do. Okay. So it's really about finding your moral center and acting on it intentionally. And there's a ton of research, if, if I could be a nerd for a second. Yeah, we love nerd, leadership. Nerd, nerdydom. I mean, nerd out. Yeah. <laughs> um, like there's a ton of research that tells us um, when you act on your values, you're happier, you perform better, you're more engaging, people trust you more, you're more authentic, um, you tend to do better work, you tend to attract more people to you. Um, but it's really difficult because most people don't know what they value. Uh, and then most people are in environments or jobs that don't line up with who they are as a person, with those deepest held beliefs. Uh, and people ha- don't realize how much work it takes and how much intention it takes to make choices that line up 
with their values. Hmm. And so it's a ton of work and it's risky too, because sometimes the world tells you to stand down and to not act on your values. Hmm. And so values-based leadership is really about having the courage and the awareness and the intention and the skill to be able to act more consistently on those values. And one of the things that we see is that when you do that, not only do people trust you more, but you model it for others. And when you model that, it gives people permission to do the same thing. And so by doing that, that helps them be better, them be more effective, them be happier and more engaged, and ultimately helps them get closer to whatever their potential is. And so it really is about, I'm going to work on me and be intentional about acting on my values, and that's going to help unlock you. And so values-based leadership really is all about helping to ignite the potential of others, right? But is, it always starts with us. Yeah, this is this is really fascinating. I feel like, so when, when you say like value-based leadership and decision-making and stuff, it reminds me, like, for example, if my wife and I have a discussion about, okay, hey, you know, what activities should our son do next year? You know, and she's like, hey, I really think he should do, uh, you know, swimming again or whatever because he did it this year. And then I'm thinking like, well... Uh, what about soccer? Like, and then, you know, maybe we get in a discussion and really if we figure out why we're into a disagreement about something, if we keep diving deeper and deeper, there's a, there's a belief somewhere of like, Oh, what if I believe that being consistent with one thing is very valuable because they'll get really good at it. The other person's thinking, Oh, my value is in variety because I really believe that I want to have them to be able to try all these different things. But you're having this discussion and neither one of you is really even aware of those underlying values. So I guess my question around all this, I, I definitely experienced that in personal stuff, but like even this example of the company, uh, you know, as you said, smashes big rocks into little rocks. Like when you have like these five guys disagreeing, how do you actually come into alignment around values? If you say, Hey, it's, it's value-based leadership. How do you, if it is your personal values, is it company values? Is it melding your personal values together? Is it finding what you have in common? Like, how does that actually work practically when you have more than one person in charge? Yeah, it's a great question, Ben. And, and, And one of the words that you said is exactly what it's all about, which is alignment. So if you think about you personally, like you're walking around with a set of values, those values are literally hardwired into your brain, right? And they happen to be hardwired into the parts of your brain responsible for your emotional regulatory systems. So that's a lot of fancy way of saying when somebody plucks one of your nerves, you will have a strong emotional reaction. So if your Mm. wife says, we're going to be consistent and you're like, no, we're going to play an experiment. And then she gets triggered and all of a sudden you guys are in a fight. They don't know why you're in a fight. It's because those values got plucked. And so in organizations, what you want to do is you want to figure out, okay, why do we exist as a company? What are we trying to accomplish here? And then what values, which is just a way of defining culture, are going to serve us best in delivering on that mission or that vision? And that takes some time to get really honest about your organization's values. Like everybody has them on the wall and they've got posters, but I'm talking the ones you use to make decisions every single day. And then when your business strategy comes along, that strategy has got to align with those values because if it doesn't, that culture, that those set of values, they will eat that strategy for breakfast, right? If you want an operationally efficient strategy and yet your culture is all about wheeling and dealing and free, you know, having, you know, no processes and being super entrepreneurial and doing whatever you want, that culture is going to win and that strategy is going to lose, mm. right? And so you've got to make sure that those are complementary and aligned. 
And then you, in that organization, you want to attract people who are going to thrive in that sort of um, cultural environment that you've created, who might have similar values, who feel like they can express who they really are at work. Again, you get a really operationally efficient person who likes dotting all the I's, crossing all the T's and being efficient, and then you put them in an entrepreneurial culture, they're going to be miserable and unhappy. So attract a bunch of entrepreneurs. Same thing in a family. You know, like you and your wife coming together and saying, okay, what do we value as a family? And then what kind of impact do we want to have on our kids and the generation after that and the generation after that? And so getting aligned on the same page takes some work, but it does bring a lot of clarity to your decision making, right? And helps avoid some of that, you know, what are we going to do for soccer practice? Right. What, what does that work look like? Yeah, so, so at Interwell, we really have three frameworks that we use that we kind of hang everything on. The first one is the five practices of values-based leaders, which is all about the individual leader. The second are the five practices of values-based organizations, which is all about the organization and creating an organizational alignment. And the third is values-based families. So how do you create families that really are aligned in the same way that you would organize a person or an organization? And pretty typically the way it works is um, you help people do a lot of soul searching. Like, what do I believe? And let me help explore that. Mm. You know, so Mark, if I was working with you on your core values, I'd ask you a question like, tell me about the last time that you got emotionally hijacked, that you were either really angry or really sad or really happy or all worked up over something. Mm -hmm. So Mark, let me ask you. Yeah. When was the last Go time Mark. you were emotionally hijacked? <laughs> I want to know. This is real. We're, hey, yeah, you're getting exactly. free leadership coaching right now. <laughs> right now you're getting free coaching. Go. Exactly. This is value pricing, Bubba. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, uh, yeah, I, I, th I think I'm, I'm trying to think about like, uh, you know, I, I have a really long fuse, I always say. Um, but I think probably the last time, especially within business is, um, you know, if we have a client that doesn't necessarily trust uh, the process, you know, um, you know, where it's like, you know, they, we, we, we go in, we set ex expectations and, you know, we know that if we do one, two, three, four, five, we're going to get these results. And so we say, all right, here we're going to, we're going to start at one and work our way through that. And then, you know, if we get an email or a call and, and they either jump one of the processes or, you know, start saying, well, why aren't we doing X, Y, and Z? Then it's just like, I, I get frustrated, you know, like, yeah. What the heck? And so in, in that case, maybe, <laughs> maybe you value trust and respect. Maybe you value efficiency. Maybe you value process. Mm -hmm. You know, whatever it is, we'd keep exploring and kind of helping you dial really into, is it efficiency? Mm. Is it about mm -hmm. process? Is it just about sort of trust and respect? Or is it about expertise and, and having somebody acknowledge that? Mm -hmm. And then once you can understand what your personal core value is, then you see them everywhere. You see the things that trigger you. You see the things that light you up in an excited way. Mm. You understand how people might influence you. Like if I know you're a process guy and I'm trying to convince you to get on my side, I'm going to make sure it is process oriented. <laughs> right, and right, you right. feel like you're the smartest person in the room. Mm -hmm. you know, That's in, good. In, organi in organizations, you kind of do the same thing where you help a leadership team or you help a group of people really – get clear on what's most important to them and you help them try and be honest about who they really are not just their aspirations yeah you know? you're the pie in the sky yeah and get undercover all that shadow stuff that people don't want to admit you know yeah like, 
equality might be incredibly important to us or fairness or competition or whatever. So. Yeah. I know one of mine that would come out be efficiency, you know, just like, why are we doing it this way? Just because we've done so before, like it could be so much better, but I also value consistency. I'm just not good at it. I'm like, I can come up with new <laughs> stuff, but repeating it, I'm like, um, not interested, unfortunately. But what are some other questions, you know, to to discover your core values? I love that one, like about like what's the last time you're uh, emotionally hijacked. Like, what are some other questions you guys ask to help uncover those core values? Yeah. So typically, it's where do you spend your time? Where do you spend your money? Where do you spend your energy? Hmm. You know. So so Ben, for example, like if you were going to look back through your calendar and see where you spend the most time, where would it be? Uh, well, yeah, Ben, no. answer the question. Where would it be? <laughs> How's it feel? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I feel attacked. Oh, how the tables have turned. <laughs> I'm just like, do I, was I, t- I was emotionally hijacked right now. <laughs> <laughs> when I pressured you to answer hard questions, does that count? No. Uh, <laughs> fair enough. Touche. Um, I would say, where, yeah, where do I, I mean, any of my free time that's not at work, I'm typically spending doing something with my family, like going camping or getting out in nature or something like that. Or if it's at work, anytime I can, it's making it a better customer experience. Like, okay, tweak this, innovate this. So innovation probably in business, but also like in family, it's like having adventures. Like I care about having cool adventures. You know what I mean? So that's a, that's a great question. Yeah. And spending money. That's probably where I spend my money too is like, Oh, more trips. <laughs> I don't spend a lot of money on my house. I spend a lot of money on trips. <laughs> See, there you, you know, go. So. Like, like for me, I, I used to, you know, when I would do these core values assessments and exercises, I used to think that I didn't value family. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I started to take a hard look at the, where I spent my time, my money and my emotional energy. Mm-hmm. It was on family. Mm-hmm. And then I came to realize that it, for me, it's not family necessarily, but it's family. It's our closest friends and family. Mm, yeah. Like I love nothing more than to go on an adventure with our close friends right. and with our little nuclear family. Like mm-hmm. it just lights me up. Yeah, for sure. You, you had said earlier um, five practices. What are those five practices of a leader? Yeah. So um, in values-based leadership, it all starts with awareness, right? So really building your awareness is one of those practices. Mm-hmm. So getting feedback, looking in the mirror, seeing yourself really clearly, both what's awesome about you and what's not so awesome about you. The second practice is all about realizing your potential. So that's really sitting back and, and uh, defining your purpose or your why. It's thinking about the impact that you want to have on others. It's really trying to figure out what's the best version of me and how can I develop into that? The third practice is all about developing relationships. You know, everybody's in the people business, quite frankly. Yeah. Uh, and there's we don't accomplish anything by ourselves. Right. And so can we build trust with others? Can we understand how they're wired, what their styles are, what they need from us? Can we empathize with them? Can we really focus on helping them be successful? Because, you know, when you do that, it's going to come back to you fivefold. Right. The fourth practice is all about taking action. So it's really about uh, making intentional, conscious choices, running towards the fire versus away from it with a lot of courage. Uh, And then the final practice is all about reflection. So it's about practicing the ability to sort of slow down and say, did I act on my values? Did I I have the impact that I wanted to? And then what can I learn from that to apply for next time? And the reason that they're practices is that they're not linear. Like you don't start with A and then move to B to C to D. They're things that you're always practice and they're interdependent. 
So for example, if I want to be better in my relationships, I mean, it has to work on my awareness. If I want to be more effective in achieving my potential, then I've got to take action and be make conscious choices. And so they really do work together over time. Mm. And we always say that leadership is a choice, not a title. And the work is about helping people, organizations, families make conscious choices that get them to their goals. All right, we're going to pause this conversation here. Uh, go to thefridayhabit.com. There you can find show notes for this episode. Uh, there you can also find links to our websites and ways to get in touch. At the bottom of the page, you can download our guide to the Friday Habit System that will show you how to set aside one full day each week dedicated to working on your business instead of in your business. If you're not already, make sure you subscribe. Uh, if you enjoyed this episode and want to hear next week's episode, subscribe so you get notified. Uh, also, leave us a review in Apple Podcast app uh, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. And if you want to potentially be on one of our episodes uh, with a question you ask us, go ahead and record a quick message in your phone, voice memo, and email it to hello at the Friday Habit.com. Until next time, live every day like it's Friday. <laughs>